Bokartov, we are continuing the song of Devorah. And we take, we continue from Pasuk Kafbet. So far in her song, we uh, went through the part of her commending some of the tribes, but complaining about some of the tribes for running away to the ocean or, or having, being indecisive if they wanted to join. And then she says um, that uh, they were the Nachal Kishon Girafam, that the people of Sisera were washed away by the brook of Kishon. And we said that could actually be what happened. Because if you know the location, as uh, Rabbi Michael Hatton talks about in his book, if you know the location of where this battle was, it was in a, it was in a, it was in a valley where, there flat, where flash floods are common. So that could be whenever it says, and they were confused and they started running away. It could be part of it that they were, you know, that they were uh, uh, washed away by a flash flood. Doesn't that take away a little from Hashem being part of this and helping? No, that is Hashem being part of it. No, like, oh, look, there are flash floods here, so it's plausible. There are also hailstorms, and there was hail in, in Mitzrayim, so There are not hailstorms in Mitzrayim. No, what do you mean? Um, there, there, there is everything that God does, especially later on. The later you go into Tanakh, is couched in within nature. That's that's the God. That's how God. That's how God manifests Himself. Yeah, I mean uh, the the typical rule. I mean it's it's said too much, so I don't like saying it. But the typical rule is that miracles are very well timed natural events. Okay. It's masked in, in nature. Yes, beautiful. That's exactly it. It's masked in nature. That's a very. It's a key. It's a very. It's a philosophical key to to, to knowing how to approach God. It's that as a rule, God is always masked behind nature. So it's like scientists deal with the natural world, and then they complain that they can't. They, they, you don't. You don't see God because when you're in a lab and you're looking under a microscope. And you're, and you're looking at the laws, the laws seem consistent and everything seems consistent. And it seems like this was just built. Yeah. Right? But God is masked behind the nature. You're not going to see it. You're not going to see God. But it doesn't mean it's not there. But of course. Okay. I mean, you're using the wrong tools when you're trying to use scientific tools to see him. Anyways. Okay. Then it said, Pasuk Kafbet, Az halamu ikivesus. Then we saw the galloping of the, the, the horse's heels. They were pounding on the dirt. From the galloping of the mighty riders. Okay? And this is when Sisera's army was running away. Okay? Cursed be Meroz. Meroz is a city. It says the angel of God, cursed be its inhabitants. For they did not come to the aid of Hashem, to the aid of Hashem against the mighty. So Meroz apparently is a city and it was close to the place of the battle. Now Devorah was, ex- I don't know, maybe, um, which tribe was it in again, the battle? Yeah, it's probably somewhere in Naftali. Okay. Uh, by the way, you want to see a fascinating thing? Mm. 
Pasuk Kaf Gimel, where it says, Meroz, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Amre le kochavahu. Some say it is a star. It is a star. Okay, so let me read you the Pasuk. Cursed be the star, Meroz. Cursed be its inhabitants, for they did not come to, to help God, to help God against the mighty. So, if it's a star, Cosmic. if it's a star, and we're cursing the inhabitants of the star, what does that mean? Aliens? Yeah, aliens. So that's a, that's a funny proof to the Torah, from the Torah that there are aliens. No, I'm kidding. I, I mean, that, that's, like, people, people have uh, said that before. I'm not the first person to, to point that it out. It says, Melach Adonai. Is that, does that mean angels? That's why I thought cosmic in the beginning, because... Isn't that I think Malach Adonai is just a messenger, the messenger who is singing, saying this song. I see. Okay, but cursed be, it's a city, it's a city near the battlefield. Okay? Um, Blessed be of all women be Yael. The wife of Khever, the, the Keni man who is descendant of Yitro. From all the women in the tent, she will be blessed. Okay, so Yael is now getting her praise also as in, in this song. So it's Devorah talking about Yael. Cafe. Maim Sha'al, Sisra asked for water, but what did she give? Milk. Chalab Natana, she gave milk. Besefil Adirim, in a stately pitcher, Hikriva Hema, she brought cream. Another word for milk, probably. Yada, Layatet Tishlachna. She sent her hand for the peg of the tent. Vimina, and her hand for hammer of hammer, something like that, for hammer of work. A laborer's hammer, oh, that's what it is. And she sent her hand for the laborer's hammer. And then she hammered Sisera, she severed his head, or she crushed his head, and she smashed. And pierced his temple. That is Yael. Okay? It's not that easy to do, by the way. No. It must have been a very sharp peg. Or a strong woman. Or a strong woman. Yeah. Okay. Between her legs, at her legs, he fell, he fell, he lay. At her feet, he knelt, he fell. Ba'asher kara sham nafal shadud, where he uh, knelt, that's where he fell vanquished. Kavchet be'ada halon shkefavat yabev. This part's easy because it's just describing the story in a flowery language. Now this is this is a really interesting part of the song where it it zooms out of the whole situation with the island Sisera, and it gives you a picture of what the mother of Sisera was probably thinking. Now it's fascinating because um, she puts in the mother of Sisera's mouth, meaning Devorah is singing this, so it's not necessarily, she doesn't necessarily know what the mother of Sisera said. But you see the way the women of the Goyim thought. Okay. okay, it's a really fascinating thing. Or at least the way Devorah is saying that she thought. And if she's doing it Benevoah, you can imagine this is probably true that this is the way they thought. So the mother of Sisera stood by the window and she was crying, she was sobbing. Why? 
she's behind the window. She's sobbing in fear as to why has his chariot not come back. Why have the hoofbeats of his carriages become delayed? And then her servants, the wise women, they answer her and they say, And she also offers herself uh, responses. And what are they telling themselves? The reason he's late is because because they found they are splitting up all of the spoils. A womb, two wombs per man. Shelal tsevaim lisisira, plunder of of colored garments for sisira. Shelal tsevaim rikma, colored garments uh, of plunder of colored garments that are woven. Tseva rikma time letsavvere shalal. Doubly embroidered garments for the necks of the looters. Ken yoveducho lo yvecha adonai. So shall, uh, and now and now that that's the end of the thing. And now she just caps off the song. So shall the rest of your enemies die or, or be destroyed, O God. But his beloved ones should be strong like when the sun comes out in its strength. And the land was quiet for 40 years. Very fascinating song. I want to analyze just the end of that song. Okay, she describes the mother of Sisera and she says, she says, um, She's sobbing, meaning she knows something is wrong. Mm-hmm. But she's telling herself, she's lying to herself to make herself feel better. And the lies she tells herself are, no, he's delayed because... There's too many spoils of war. He found spoils of war. He's splitting the spoils of war. They're taking all these garments. They're enjoying. Racham, racham, atayim l'rosh gever. There are two wombs per man, meaning they're taking women also. Which is fascinating that... She's saying that my son is going and now he's found women to enslave. And she's a mother. You'd expect a little bit more tenderness on part of the woman, the mother of Sisera. But she's like... Why would you expect that? No, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying... It, You're saying why would a woman be okay with the other women being enslaved? Not, even, not only that, it's just... It, you, you see how dark their mindset was. That the mother, who's typically the more mature one, maybe the one a little bit more in control, the appetites of her son are, she should... Exciting to her. That's they're exciting to her. His, his sexual appetites are exciting to her. As opposed to... And if she would have said that he found spoils, he's just splitting the spoils, he'll be back soon, fine. But she's like saying excitedly... Like, oh, he can get two women. That's he's getting, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two captives per man, right? So it's it's it's. I find it very fascinating uh, that she even speaks like that. Okay, well, you want to continue? Yes, sir. Chapter six, chapter vav. And did what was evil in the eyes of God, and He gave them in the hands of Midian for seven years. What? Right. Else. So Midian, it is. It is the same place, but they were a kingdom that was not always friendly to the Jews. Now, after Moshe stayed there, they did reappear even in the Torah. 
in the story of uh, Bilam, when Bilam tried to curse the Jewish people, they were hired out by Moab and Midian, actually. Oh. And then afterwards, the Jewish people sinned with the, after that episode, they also sinned with the daughters of Midian. That was the whole story with, uh, with, uh, no, with uh, Zimri ben Salu. We went, he took Kozbi bat Nesi Midian. He took a woman who was from Midian. So they do reappear and they're not, they're not friends of the Jewish people. Okay. So the Midianim, Midianim came and they were strong upon the Jewish people. In the meantime, because of them, the Jewish people made the caves or the dugouts that were in the mountains. And the caves and the strongholds. Meaning, the Jewish people had to go into a very, very, very defensive position because of the Midianim. And there was, whenever Israel would sow, then Midian and Amalek and the people of the east came upon what the Jewish people would sow, meaning they, they would plant something. And then the Midianites would come and they would just destroy everything they planted. So what, what ended up happening in, in Israel? Besides for the fact that they're hiding out in caves and dugouts and strongholds, they also, in the, they also have famine. Economic. Economic collapse. Yeah. By the way, an economy can't survive in the face of, of, of rule of law is the number one necessity for a, striving, for a, for a successful economy. Economy can't get anywhere without the rule of law. If you think like um, the, the number one thing that holds Africa, modern day Africa, from, from developing economically is corruption. Because no investor in their right mind would invest in a country in which they're not sure, they're not sure if the rule of law will protect their investment from theft. And it's not so clear that it will. Because nationalizing private property is very common in African countries. So anytime there is there is turmoil in terms of rule or law or at least stability of the system that destroys the economy. And this is a, an old, old school example of it. Okay? Uh, and you could, I mean, it would be like very similar to what would happen today. Imagine trying to start a business and then uh, Black Lives Matter comes in and you know that you're in a place where Black Lives Matter may come and loot once a month. There's no point. Why, why would you start? You know? Okay. And they destroyed the produce of Israel all the way until Aza, meaning across the whole land of Israel. They didn't leave any uh, life-sustaining food in Israel. And neither did they leave sheep, oxen, or donkeys. Because they and their tents, they would come, and they would bring their tents over like locust swarm. And for them and to their camels, there was no end. And they would come to the Israel proper to destroy it. And the Jewish people became very poor because of Midian. And they cried out to God. By he, when they cried out to God, because of Midian, God sent a Navi man to the children of Israel. Now this Navi is not going to be so happy with the Jewish people. The Navi is going to rebuke the Jewish people and he's going to say, I took you out of Egypt and I brought you out of the house of bondage. And I saved you from Egypt. I, I took, saved you from Egypt and from all the people who put pressure. And, and I gave you their land. 
And I said to you that I am Hashem, I am Hashem your God. Lo do not fear, meaning do not serve the gods of the Amorites. that you dwell amongst them. do not listen to me. Now this is a very very interesting piece because the Navi is coming and he's kind of hearing, he's repeating the rebuke we heard at the very beginning of the book. What was the rebuke at the beginning of the book, at the beginning of Shofetim? When the Navi came and said that I told, I brought you here and I told you to conquer the people and you did not conquer them. And then we had the cycle of, of uh, deterioration. And then we had three major Shofetim. Who were they? Otniel, Ehud, and Devorah. Okay. We also had a thing in there. Um, uh, Shamgar ben Anat. But we said he may not even be like a major one. He was just to show how under... Uh, um, Sophisticated. The, how, uh, how unsophisticated the armory of the children of Israel were. Okay, so we had three, and all of these, these leaders of Israel were great, right? Othniel was probably the, the best. Ehud, we had 80 years of, of goodness, of, 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 of quiet after Ehud. Devorah, another 40 years. All of them were, were above reproach. These figures were great, great people. Now, we have the Navi comes and he criticizes Israel for, for coming and serving the gods of the Amorites. And Jewish people cried out, there's going to be a savior, but these next, this next set... Is it basically Act 2? Act 1? Exactly. Act 1 was top, top, not Shofetim. Act 2 is going to be Shofetim, they're, uh, they're not as good. Now Gidon is the next one we're going to be studying. He's good, he's great. But we're going to see some problems in his level of Emunah, and that's what we will start studying tomorrow in Pasuk Yid Aleph. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen, Amen.